Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The World of Aora. I'm your host, Eric, a.k.a. Gingerino. This is just kind of a fun little bonus episode I'm doing since my previous one. This is my other episode on spirits, except just not the ghosty kind of spirits, the more of the drinky kind. Shout out to one of my listeners who sent me an email about this. Sorry, I forgot to ask if you wanted permission for me to say your name, so I'm not going to, but... uh, Uh, You did send me an email about this idea, and I did think of it already, but uh, I didn't, I wasn't going to do it until you sent me an email saying, hey, this would be a fun episode to do, considering we just did the the spirits talk about ghosts and whatnot. Uh, So here we are. We're going to just go through a little bit of some of the different varieties of drinky poos that we have throughout Pillars of Eternity, particularly Pillars of Eternity 2, Dead Fire. This week is just a bonus episode, and other than the gimmick of doing two Spirits episodes back-to-back, uh, I also think that, you know, I this time of year, uh, some families and or friends get together, and uh, they start to celebrate the holiday season with a little bit of casual or social drinking. Uh, so maybe this is appropriate for some of you listening out there. If not, it's just a way to uh, look at lore and culture within the world, because um, how different societies and groups of people create you know even drinks uh, with within a certain local region matters a lot like, well it matters a lot in the sense of like you know it has an identity of where it came from and people always say oh yeah if you go to if you're in this town you got to go to this location and try this particular food or beverage because it, it's really like a cultural moment in that location you know what i'm saying so and since this is a lore program for the world of Aora, as we see in Pillars of Eternity or Avowed, then I guess we're going to talk about it. So, plus they put a lot of work into uh, the different drinks, honestly. Uh, not just uh, the alcoholic drinks, but I'm going to be honest, it's mostly going to be that. Uh, but I will try to include some non-alcoholic ones for those of you out there who do not imbibe in this stuff. Uh, fully uh, on board with that myself, so... Uh, it's it's not just you out there, but uh, it, this is still some of the lore that we're going to go through. So we're going to go through the different spirits kinds of drinks that we see within Pillars of Eternity 2, Deadfire. I'm curious, what exactly did you find there? All right, so we have 10 drinks that we're going to cover today. And uh, perhaps if you hear of one that is close to one that you partake of when you're at home then uh, maybe refer to it like this from now on (laughs) you just rename it this thing uh which is a super nerdy geeky thing to do i think you get like plus two points to your geek card but uh there you go the first one that we're going to look at is called diobo osa if i know how to pronounce that right d-a-i-b-o with a line over the o and the word osa at the end with a just a letter o between those two words diabo osa so there you go this is a drink from Pillars of Eternity 2, Dead Fire, and it's included as part of the Rum Runners pack. You do gain 15% extra health, but you lose some dexterity. That's going to be pretty common for most of these drinks, is that they uh, you lose some de- dexterity. Uh, the image for this is like a little spherical glass or perhaps like ceramic-like container with a cork at the top. And the description is as follows. Ranging from clear to slightly cloudy white, this liquor is distilled from a mixture of two different rices, one short grain the other long, from a mountain spring on the island of Osa, hence the name, the strongest liquor native to the dead fire. Diabo is generally served warm and is particularly popular among the artisan caste. So Deadfire Archipelago being the set, setting for the second Pillars of Eternity game. It's an uh, archipelago of islands. <laughs> uh, it's kind of a lawless frontier area. It's one of the 
less uh, civilized or less established areas of the world at this point. And the artisan caste refers to the caste system within the Huana culture. Those are the native tribes that live in the Deadfire Archipelago, and they have different castes within their society. So this is the uh, a, the strongest drink, apparently, the strongest liquor within the Deadfire, Diabo Osa, coming from the island of Osa, generally served warm, clear to slightly cloudy white. For any of those interested, if you have something that you have at home in real world that is like that, there you go. The next drink on our menu tonight is called Ekavit. Uh, this is E-K-K-E-V-I-T with a little uh, apostrophe over top of the I. It's part of the Beast of Winter DLC for the second Pillars game. It uh, gives a plus seven to all defenses, but of course also removes one point of dexterity. And this looks like a, it comes in a, a little glass, almost like a beaker bottle. This dry liqueur, distilled from mune berries and lightly spiced, boasts a pale pink of raw salmon, rare even in the white that wends, and a favorite of Glomfellan festivities. Few bottles leave that frigid land. Some extremist Glomfellans save a bottle from each year, collecting them for the final celebration, the coming of the Beast of Winter, and the ending of all things. So a little bit of lore to go over here, if you're not familiar with the world of Aeora. Um, we are talking about... The White That Wends, that is a location within the world. It's kind of like this fantasy world's version of Antarctica, except people actually live there, uh, and that would be the Glomfellan people, uh, more commonly known as the Pale Elves. So Pale Elves, just uh, they, they live out in the White That Wends, and they have a very unique culture, a very unique tribal culture there. And this is, I guess, a very rare bottle, and very few of them leave the tribes and peoples of the White That Wends. And I guess the it's common to collect them year after year uh, as they look forward to basically what is their thought of the apocalypse, which is the ending of all things when their god, Remergond, the Beast of Winter, comes back and just destroys everything, or, or some form of that anyways. So they collect them, and they're going to drink them all at the very end of the world. And that is Ekavit, E-K-K-E-V-I-T. I don't know what mune berries are. I don't think those are very, I don't think those are real uh, perhaps that's a fantasy elderberry. I don't know. Uh, and it is paley pink like raw salmon. Next of the drink menu, uh, not much to say about it. It's just called Forgetful Night. Uh, this is a drink in Pills of Eternity 2, Deadfire. You uh, take 20% less damage. You uh, give out 10% more damage, but you suffer three points of dexterity loss. Uh, the icon for this honestly looks like a white solo cup with like a little bit of the drink dribbling on one side. And like it does not look very uh, tasteful, to be honest. Uh, it's described as, Enjoyed by many a brave tavern patron, this fiery libation of disparate liquors is, a tasty and, is tasty and potent. The formidable hangover it imparts, however, has caused many a hard drinker to swear it off for good. So it sounds like it's just a concoction of different li liqueurs and... Um, things smash together, and it just wrecks you for the next day. This next beverage comes from a different culture. We've uh, looked at the Huana from Deadfire. We've looked at the Pale Elves, the Glomfelon from White That Wins. Uh, this one looks like it is associated with Rawatai. You know, a lot of actually different lore here throughout the world. It's called Mepu. M-E-P-P-U. Mepu. Or Mipupu? Mipu. I'm not sure how to pronounce this, to be honest. Uh, it's included as the Rum Runners Pack in Pills of Eternity 2 Deadfire. A smoky brown liquor native to Rawatai, Mipu is, still is distilled from malted barley and aged in oak barrels. Though traditionally served cut with water at room temperature, Rawatai students often add it to hot tea. 
In either form, it's regularly consumed with dark chocolate or other sweets. This one gives you 15% benefit uh, for any of your effects and also removes one dexterity. Uh, this one's fun, and as uh, my friend who emailed me pointed out, this kind of like almost implies that maybe Rawatians have a sweet tooth more than others, right? Because they uh, pair it with dark chocolate or other sweets. So that's something interesting. And this one is added to tea, so I don't know. Maybe this one's closer to a hot toddy. Maybe I don't know what a hot toddy is. Be, I, I've heard it described by different people in different places, so maybe it's like a local thing for whatever it could be. I don't know. I'm sure I'll get an email from somebody in, uh, educating me on the history of hot toddies and what they really are. Uh, Rawatai, if you don't remember, that was the um, the other main Amawan nation in the world. Uh, you don't really see them terribly much in the First Pillars game, but you do see them in Deadfire in the form of the Royal Deadfire Company. Uh, they're basically there trying to find ways to keep their people alive because they live in a very harsh climate and condition back in the homeworld of Rawatai. The next beverage here is called Midnight Mead. This is described as the signature beverage of the Kraken's Eye in Port Mange. This foamy drink is black as pitch and tastes faintly of the sea air and salt water. The inn's proprietor has long claimed this mead contains Kraken Ink, a trophy of a long-ago sea hunt generously shared by all paying patrons. So the, the Kraken's Eye is a tavern within a, in a town called Port Mage, which is actually the first major settlement that you run into in Pales of Eternity 2, Deadfire. And it looks like it's just normal, like it would be like mead or beer or something, but it's supposed to have Kraken ink in it, right? So giant octopus produces ink. Uh, octopus is putting it lightly. It's a Kraken. Uh, and that's why it has the look that it has. This is actually something that's pretty common, like throughout any normal culture or really within our real world even. Uh, I know my uncle, he went traveling recently, and I don't remember where he went, but there's this one tavern where you, ha where you could do a shot but there was like an actual toe in the bottom of the shot. And when you did the shot, you had to let the toe touch your lips as part of the drink. And if you did that, you got like a piece of paper that says you completed this or something. Right. But there's always these like these gimmick drinks, some of which are just there for the gimmick that tourists can come by, pay money for. And it, it, it's like you part of the local culture. Uh, some of these gimmick drinks also have actual longstanding history with the local area or the peoples that used to live there, right? So uh, there's nothing here for this. I think this is probably just something that is unique to the area uh, to give people a little excitement about drinking something local, you know, and all that. But yeah, Midnight Mead. Next is another one from the Glom Felon Society out in the White That Whems. It's called Rimsjoda, R-Y-M-S-J-O-D-D-A, with a little apostrophe over the O. Rimsjoda Lager. A sweet, light brown beer brewed from barley and aged in caves alongside northern shores of the white that wins. Rimsjolta, literally frost shield in the Ordioma tongue, uh, Ordioma is the name of their language, is prized among the less nomadic coastal communities of that continent. Yeah, the, um, the Glomfellan peoples are uh, typically nomadic within the white that wins. They don't just plop it down in one icy field and live there forever. You got to kind of go wherever the resources are. Uh, but the further north you are, which is, you know, slightly warmer, I guess, um, the less nomadic you have to be and the more you interact with outsiders. Uh, so uh, this is a drink that you can get from the Beast of Winter DLC. Again, it removes dexterity, but it gives you better recovery time. Uh, the icon for it is a very interesting one. It shares the same as the Mepu uh, one, even though I didn't uh, talk about it. It's like this little brown bottle with kind of these handles coming out to the side for you to grab, and it almost looks 
like uh, three intersecting squares. It's almost kind of like a Celtic knot kind of a thing, but it, it, it's not that. It, uh, but uh, it looks like these kind of three inter intersecting squares side by side by side. That's Rimsyoda Lager. Next is Saoko. Uh, this is a drink included. It is part of the Rummers pack for Deadfire, and it is simply described as an import from the Valian Republics. This deep blue grain alcohol flavored with anise and elderberry is often enjoyed by moneyed merchants alongside a cup of Merc brew after meals. So some, some things here, if you're not familiar with, Valian Republics is a faction that you primarily inter engage with in the second Dead Fire, second Pillars game, uh, although you do have a side quest in the first Pillars game where you get to know about them. They're basically a mercantile company created by the Valian Republics for the express purposes of making the Valian Republics rich, uh, but they're their own faction with their own governing body. Uh, so this is a, a an alcohol that they developed from there called Sauco, and it's described as having anise, A-N-I-S-E, and elderberry. So I guess that before when I was talking about moonberries, those were not fantasy elderberries. Those are something else. Maybe those are real life things. I probably should look it up, but uh, I'm already this far into recording, so I will leave it at that. Um, it said it's enjoyed with a cup of Merc Brew after meals. Uh, Merc Brew, as far as I can tell, is this world's equivalent of coffee. In fact, if you look it up, it's described as a dark brew to wake the senses, a dash of milk and sugar to cut the bitterness. And when you look at the icon for it, you have like a ceramic cup mug, just like a regular ceramic mug, like someone would buy you for Christmas or something, with a light brown-ish liquid inside and steam coming out of it. It looks a lot like coffee, so uh, I'm, I'm sure that's what it is. At least uh, they don't call it coffee in Pillars of Eternity. They just call it Merc Brew. So next time you and, and your special one wake up in the morning and, and you want some coffee, just be like, hey, can you put on a pot of Merc Brew? And just see what the reaction is. And let me know specifically. I want to hear how that goes. My, my wife and I, we watch Auntie Donna, so we constantly call it Morning Brown as part of the, the joke of that series. But uh, I think I'm going to start switching to Merc Brew from now on. That's, uh, that's my new preference. So thanks, Obsidian for that little uh, ism that's going to go through my house. Next up, we have three left. Uh, this one is called Verkiora, or Chiora. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Um, V-R-E-R -E space C-H-I-O-R-A. Verkiora. That's what I'm going to go on here. And this is another Valian Republic's one. And remember, the Valians tend to be very fancy people. And I can even see that looking at the bottle, it's a fully clear glass bottle. looks like a sparkling green liquid inside. A little ornate has some design in there. Uh, so let's see what this has to say it does. This variation on a common herbal liqueur from Valian Republics has been infused with luminous audra. We'll talk about that in a second. The combination of yellow alcohol and powdered audra results in a faintly glowing green concoction. Only the wealthiest of Valian merchants boast of possessing more than a lone bottle of Kiora, and uncorking one after dinner is an unsubtle manner of displaying one's success to one's guests. All right, so here's the stuff about this, this rare Kiora. Um, it's, because it has Luminous Audra in it, it's going to make it a really rare thing. So Luminous Audra um, is a unique type of Audra that is found within the Deadfire Archipelago. It is basically a unique and rare variant of regular Audra. Audra in this world, to make it very brief, is a unique gemstone that exists in this world that can hold souls inside of it. It's basically a soul gem, you know, if I'm going to use a Skyrim reference. Um, and Luminous Audra is just the, like, more potent version of that. Um, but the Luminous Audra has kind of 
become like the gold rush equivalent in the Deadfire Capilago during the time of Pillars of Eternity 2 uh, because everybody who knows about it wants it because it's a highly valuable resource, not just for its soul-like potency, uh, but also, you know, it's it's pretty <laughs> and you can only find it here. Uh, so to grind it up into a powder and put it into a drink um, would almost be viewed maybe as like a frivolous waste of the stuff, but that obviously it makes the drink that much more desirable. To own even more than one is a vast display of your wealth, and as well, it it probably has some sort of magical quality to it. I mean, it, the Luminous Adra is the way it is for particular reasons. Uh, but yeah, so this is a, a way to show off your wealth if you are a Valian merchant. Next is Wild's Wind, which I haven't read yet because I want to save my uh, reaction for whatever this is with you, because anything involving Wall is usually uh, one for the books. Um, so Wall's Wind, Wall being the god of dreams and secrets and mysteries and revelations, uh, it's a god that both can exist and cannot exist at the same time, <laughs> a god of constant uh, inconsistencies, contradictions, and existential blah blah blah. It's it, my favorite god. I love talking about Wall. So uh, let's see what we got here. The image for this, the little icon, is like a it's like a coconut cup. It has a base on it. So a little coconut cup with looks like a little starfish stuck on one side, like you would a fruit. Maybe there's a shish kebab running across it. So it usually comes with food. I don't know. Uh, it's called Wall's Wind. It is a mixture of rums and any other strong spirit available and tropical juices. Wall's Wind is a perennially popular drink during the brutally hot summer months in the Deadfire. Invented by the pirates of the Principi Sen Patrena, the beverage is traditionally served in the halved shell of a coconut. Wall's Wind earned its name from legendary capacity for knocking imbibers flat on their backs and robbing them of their memories of the night before. Okay, so nothing super crazy. It's actually just named after Wall for something that it does. That makes sense. Uh, so uh, this is related to, again, another dead fire faction or culture is the Principe Sen Patrina, which is kind of like the leftover pirate faction that grew out of the collapsed society of Grandvalia. Um, so they're just a bunch of pirates. They're a confederation of pirates in the Deadfire Archipelago. And of course, they'd be into drinking because they're pirates and whatnot, not to be, you know, stereotypical about it. Um, but it's called Wild's Wind, I suppose, because it's just a mixture of random rum, rums and stuff. So you don't even technically know what's in a Wild's Wind, uh, but it can just knock people out, like flat on your back, and then rob your memories of the night before. And I think that's the key thing of robbing your memories. That's a very Wall-esque thing to do or say. Next is White Yennefer. I'm not sure how else to pronounce that. White and then Y-N-E-F-E-R. White Yennefer. This is like a Witcher reference. It's part of the Rum Runners pack, like a lot of these are. Uh, it's made with juniper berries common in the Eastern Reach, which is the continent that you play the first pillars of the game on. Yennefer is popular in the White March and Rayad Saris. Both of those are locations on the continent of Eastern Reach. Normally distilled in simple household pots with grain, mash, and various local herbs to meet the maker's preferences, few bottles are exported to the Deadfire. Many of the new blood principi, so that would be like new pirate hires, especially those with roots in the Eastern Reach, covet the potent spirit as a delicacy. All right, so it's something that doesn't commonly leave uh, the Eastern Reach continent, uh, but it is something that new blood pirates within the principi Sempatrena uh, generally try to go for. 
Okay, so those are all the alcoholic beverages that we want to go through. Now, before I uh, log off here, I'll just mention a couple of others that are non-alcoholic for those of you out there that maybe just want to drink something else over the holidays and you want to have your own like fantasy name for it. We talked about coffee, which is just Merck Brew, so there you go. Uh, there's also Kappa Tea, K-H-A-P-A, Kappa Tea. Uh, I believe this is tied to the Huwana culture in the Deadfire Archipelago, the native tribes that live there. Uh, this is described as hot, aromatic, and invigorating. The propriety of adding milk and sugar is a subject of contention among the denizens of the Deadfire. To avoid a lengthy debate, debate with friends, family, or perfect strangers, both are best omitted. So it's basically just tea, um, and uh, people wonder whether or not you should add milk or sugar to make it better or worse, and it's a thing of topic, a thing of debate, really. So um, you put it together by taking the kappa leaf and mixing it with hot water. So it's just tea, right? So if you're drinking tea this Christmas, um, uh, call it kappa tea instead, and then you have a little bit of fantasy going on, um, and get in arguments with family, because you're going to be there, about whether or not you should add milk or sugar. <laughs> call them purists or impurists, or whatever you want. I don't know. Uh, the next drink is called tanny cream, T-A-N-I, cream, and it's just described as a sweet and tangy dessert beverage. Um, I'm not sure what this is supposed to be. It's mixed with milk, sugar, and palm stone, so I'm guessing that's kind of like a coconut. So maybe it's just like a sweet coconut drink, something like that. I, I don't, I'm kind of using this as a catch-all for a lot of other stuff. So tanny cream. Uh, but that's it. That's, the, that's all the drinks that I, I wanted to cover on today's episode. Thanks for putting up with uh, a little jokey episode. I just thought, you know what, if anyone out there, if this is you're getting into that time of year uh you if you heard something in there that is familiar to something that you have in your own house or maybe people have during christmas time now you can throw a little bit of fantasy there i'm gonna do that with merc brew because i'm not gonna have any alcoholic beverages over christmas this is just a personal thing i have nothing against it uh, but just for health reasons and whatnot i'm choosing not to this year uh, so Merck Brews for me, which I'm excited about. I'm, yeah, I'm fine. I got I got good Merck Brew beans here in the Gingerina household. Uh, so, you know, weekend mornings are particularly nice. Uh, but that's uh, that's that's me. Thanks, uh, my friend, for sending an email requesting this topic. Um, it was just a little fun thing to do after last week's topic. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope it was just uh, kind of a way to jump into something silly but also you know recognizing that like the people of obsidian did take the time to write this out and i think like myself perhaps a lot of you out there you just you see food or drink in the world of aura when you're playing the game and you're more focused on like the gaming aspects playing the actual game you don't think about where did this come from why is it named this like what connection does it have what's the story behind it some of us don't really care about that stuff and i totally get that that's there's no judgment no shame there uh but now here here's now you know and perhaps next time you play Deadfire, you think back and you go, oh, yeah, you know, I didn't really notice that stuff before. And it's kind of interesting to know that now. So uh, if any of you are replaying Deadfire Archipelago, game, uh, the second Pillars of Eternity game, uh, after Avowed was announced and we had all the gameplay stuff going on, you're wanting to try to find out who those two repeating characters might be. Maybe now you'll take notice. I don't know. Anyways, that's all we're going to talk about there today. The only thing I might wonder is whether or not we see specific drinks in Avowed. Is an oath worth the weight of a crown? So yeah, that's the question to ask. Is Are, is, are we going to see um, unique, specifically named drinks maybe to the, the local cultures or peoples that are in the living lands during Avowed? Are we going to see anything like that? Now, obviously, I can't say yes or no or very likely or very unlikely. It just depends, right? It depends on the focus of the stories going on. If our characters will be 
you know, going into taverns or inns on a regular basis or engaging with local cultures where this is an impactful way of seeing the nitty gritty of a particular culture. Like maybe we're going to see native tribes that exist in the living lands and maybe they do have a strong drink and it has a name and there's a history behind it. There's a chance that something like that could happen, uh, but who knows, right? But it's definitely one of those like smaller granular details and nuanced writing within fantasy that I think really helps sell it. And I know for a lot of tabletop role-playing games that this kind of thing also gets involved as well. Like when you go to a tavern, you're trying to find a job, you talk to the local barkeep, they have a unique drink that you can try, and it, it plays in the whole fantasy aspect of it. And I know that Pillars of Eternity takes inspiration from the original Infinity Engine games, and those were directly uh, games that came out of the Dungeons & Dragons universe, right? So there's a lot of that DNA in there. But for something like Avowed, a little more first-person action RPG type stuff, I don't know if that'll be as important for the feel of the world. But still, they might include something like that. When you play Outer Worlds, you can actually get pretty uh, nitty-gritty about the things that you have for food and drink on your person. Now, that being said, it was consistent with the world, right? Because you were learning more about this this solar system that was controlled by mega corporations, right? So the kind of products and services such as food and drink that's part of it. So that makes sense. But for Avowed, I don't know. There, There's precedent for it, but I don't think that it would be necessarily the highest priority. But you know how Obsidian likes to do pretty nuanced writing about that stuff. So who knows? Anyways, that's everything for today. Thanks for joining me on this fun little episode of uh, Spirits, the non-ghosty kind, but the alcoholic kind. I uh, hope that everyone has a happy set of holidays that are coming up. Um, I'm looking forward to going with uh, my wife and child out to my family home an hour and a half away and just enjoying the few days off I get before having to do all of the Christmas returns with UPS. It's, it's going to be a crazy time. Uh, so happy holidays, everyone. I wish you the best and I hope you, for a good, happy, merry time with you and yours. I'll see you guys next time.